pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. All right, folks, it's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Right now it's uh, 106. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. And this portion of our program is brought to you by J.K.L. Engineering. Now, it's obviously cold out. Temperatures have really shifted. Call J.K.L. today. The heating season is here. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install a natural gas, high-efficiency carrier infinity system. Energy-efficient, quiet, more affordable than you think. If it's no gas, then no problem. Let J.K.L. design and install a high-efficiency heat pump system, including ductless splits. Heats in the winter, cools in the summer. These units are so efficient, it can reduce your oil bill by as much as 90%. They have the highest rebates in the market. JKL, do new installation or replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. JKL, licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Now, folks, on this chilly Thursday, whether you live in Bellingham or Franklin or Attleboro or Rentham, or Lincoln or Smithfield, call JKL 401 351 7600. Come on, Burville estimates are free. Financing is available. Residential and commercial. Call JKL 55 years in business. JKL. They do it right. They do it right the first time. 401 351 7600. Well, folks, good afternoon. It's 107. We're going to um, speak with. Our legal expert, Attorney Tim Dodd, I just want to follow up with him. We did have him on in the first hour. Remember, we started at 11 o'clock. Um, folks, a lot of stories also on the website. Don't forget, you can check depetro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. If you would like to reach me, get a hold of me, check out the website, depetro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. I want to say good afternoon to uh, Sharon, who listens to the program in North Provolone. Uh, I agree with her. The situation that Bud Craddock is still, uh, basically, the head of the DMV is allowed to run a brothel. <laughs> or the, the the fact for him to say, oh, I, I didn't know they're running an illegal massage parlor. People come in from, out of, from New York. They're paying him cash to rent. This is not the first time this has happened. The girls arrive in a bus each morning and are taken away by bus in the afternoon. And he claims, oh, I, I, I didn't know they were running an illegal massage parlor. Right now, he's still the head of the DMV. He is. Now, that is, and because of that, with Governor McKee, that's three attorney general state police investigations going on with the McKee campaign. Without question. And folks, get ready. Governor McKee kind of was taunting the protesters on Tuesday afternoon when he said, oh, if, you know, they come back to my house, that's fine. I just hope they're nice to my neighbors. Well, I covered the first one on the Friday night, and I didn't see anyone rude to the neighbors. But the fact that he's taunting them looks like he's going to get his wish, because if you check the website, tobitro.com, another protest is planned at the Cumberland home. Of Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee. But in this particular situation, I listen, you, you can't, he's kind of doing like a finger into the eye to them. So I kind of blame the governor. Folks, remember, depetro.com, which is brought to you by 
Pat Elston, Caldwell Banker Realty, based out of Cumberland, 20 years experience. Call Pat, 401-474-5253. There's a link at the website, depetro.com. So, um, on this Thursday, now the, the latest news, folks, the latest news nationwide is, by all accounts, the, the Democrat Party, the Biden administration, they just seem in free fall. And COVID is not going away overseas. COVID is not going away overseas. Um, Here are some of the latest headlines. Truck driver who knocked out a longtime Democrat leader in New Jersey spent $153 on the campaign. Uh, Biden urges swift action as Dems scramble to deflect voter anger. It's not going to happen. It's not going away overnight. And I don't believe that they're going to be able to get this expensive spending plan passed. But German COVID cases soar. Grave concern right now. Grave concern in Europe. The WHO expressed grave concern over the rising pace of the infections in Europe. Germany registered its biggest daily increase since the start of the pandemic. Oh, wow. Here we go again. Um, but I, I hope close to home that Governor McKee does not bend to that. I hope that Governor McKee does not say, oh, we better start locking things down. I don't think that's going to happen, in all fairness. I don't. Um, and it's, it's not because, as he likes, Rhode Island is number one. I, I, I don't know if I believe any of that. So, listen, in this part of the country, more people are vaccinated. And now um, people have to decide whether or not, and you have to decide whether or not you're going to have your child get the vaccine. That's what people are concerned about. Um, A lot of this is going to be parental decisions. I think right now, I think it is right now. But folks, you they they you cannot ignore what happened on Tuesday. And by the way, it wasn't just that high high profile race. Um, there there were other races that were decided. Um, let's see. Let me just go to a little more sound. Um, I think it is, you have to admit, um, this is this is pretty rich. As the Biden, Biden administration is mandating vaccines for employers, his own CDC director can't even say how many CDC employees are CDC, vaccinated. The CDC employees are vaccinated. We're actively encouraging vaccination in all of our employees and doing a lot of education and outreach in order to get our agency fully vaccinated. And the, but the percent? I, I don't have that for you today. What percent how, is CDC? How is that possible? How do you not have that? I also just want to see a tweet. Uh, Tierra Mack, in the short time Governor McKee has been governor, homelessness grew six times worse than ever. Well, yeah, but that, that's a lot of people are choosing not to a lot of people are choosing not to live indoors a lot of people are saying they prefer to live 
outdoors. Um, let me just see this. Advocates Against Homeless told, hold signs at the public comment meeting at CCRI campus in, in Warwick. You know, uh, they're, they're making it more attractive. But folks, how about this? Biden now is going to find business. The government's going to find businesses $14,000 starting in January for each unvaccinated worker. Do, do they think that people, that this is going to improve things? Do they think that people, this, this is going to actually improve the mood of the country? How, I, the, the, do they think this is going to be welcomed? You, like, what a joke. All right. I want to um, get on, folks. We're going to um, speak. We did speak with him earlier. But we're going to speak with our legal expert, Rhode Island uh, attorney Tim Dodd. I want to just two things, really. One is the situation in North Kingstown and with that teacher, because people are asking me, how come he can't be prosecuted or arrested or charged? And the second thing is this situation regarding the man suspect that they got in in Pawtucket for those fires. And and by the way, that's the arson charge, a very, very serious charge. But we're going to start off with the situation in North Kingstown. Folks, uh, joining us right now on the line is our legal expert, and it's attorney Tim Dodd. Good afternoon, Tim. Hey, John. Good afternoon to you. Tim, I just wanted to follow up uh, on our conversation from earlier, but a, a lot of people, I'm getting email from parents that don't understand why this teacher slash coach in North Kingstown um, can't be charged in some way because there there doesn't even seem to be a dispute over whether or not, you know, like on the facts of whether or not this was happening. But as you and I described what we went through under state law, although it, it certainly doesn't sound good and it sounds creepy and, and it's something that you would think would be condoned, but Right now, under present law, it, it just it doesn't seem as though any laws were broken. Not yet, not based upon what we know today, because the thing that's missing, which you might think it's part of the case, but it's not yet proven, is was this coach doing what he was doing for sexual gratification? If he's got these kids in there uh, nude and he's using a caliper to measure body fat, taking measurements of their arm, of their leg, of their waist or something like that. And he says, okay, you're good to go. Now, maybe in his mind, he's thinking this is great. He's enjoying watching young men naked. Who Who the heck knows? But if it's nothing more than his subjective mind that he's enjoying this for sexual gratification without any outward manifestations or without the boys uh, gleaning that something is going on, it's going to be very difficult to prove unless one of these kids comes forward and says, this guy made me really uncomfortable because he was saying this to me or touching me here or touching me there. Without that component, his defense would be, hey, I'm the coach. I want to make sure these kids are in shape. I'm taking their, you know, fat test, their their body mass index or whatever he's testing them for. But until you get into something that is um, for sexual gratification would be one thing. And there's no assault because these kids are in there knowing that he's going to be touching them either with his hands or with some measuring device to do a fat test. 
So it's as creepy as all get out, but there's not yet a sufficient uh, set of facts which would lead anyone to charge this guy criminally. And as we said, um, North Kingston apparently did an investigation. You presume they would have spoken to these student athletes, asked what happened when they were in this room alone with this coach. But they didn't come up with anything that warranted getting an arrest warrant and having this guy charged. So I understand the parents' concern, like what kind of weird conduct is this? But we don't yet know facts which would turn this into a criminal matter. Tim Dodd, what about one of the uh, parents who has communicated with me, they claim that the son went through this and he, so he would ask them allegedly, are you shy or not shy? So if you're shy, you can keep your underwear on. If you're not shy, then, you know, you show them I'm not shy and you take your underwear off. So then you are naked. But this, this parent is claiming now, I again, it's, it's I don't know if this is true, but she claims the son was on the basketball team and he he didn't play as much as some of the other players because he he opted to keep the underwear on. So they're alleging that was almost like a quid pro quo. Now, again, I don't know if this is true. She's saying that if you want to play and and again, it's not like you know there's the star one or two players, but then you have like borderline players and maybe. If you just look at different slots, there's five people that are on the court at the same time. So let's just say, like, players five, six, seven, eight. You know, maybe you're the sixth player, but... So they're trying to intimate that there was almost even, like, a a reward-punishment element here. That if you did, in fact, go, oh, I'm not shy and take the underwear off, that there was an opportunity for maybe more playing time. Well... I'm sure every kid who's not getting the minutes that he would like to get might claim there's some animus or some bias on the part of the coach. And let's take as true for the sake of this discussion. Let's assume this mom is telling you something that's factually accurate, that her son got less playing time because he was one of the shy guys that didn't want to take off his underwear. Well, it's still quite a leap without anything further to get to a crime that he was doing this for some sort of sexual gratification, you still would have to prove that element. So maybe what this mom is relaying to you is true, but it would not yet make it criminal without something further. Now, Tim Dodd, also Halloween night, separate story, but Halloween night, uh, there were a number of fires, four to five fires in Pawtucket. Uh, I think police did a pretty good job. They got some video surveillance. They do have a suspect. What, what type of, as you and I have talked about, arson is, is pretty serious. What, what type of um, potential trouble could this suspect be in if they, they do, in fact, prove these arson charges? Well, my understanding is that the suspect has been arrested and is to be charged with first-degree arson. Now, if it's the same guy who committed arson on five different buildings, he's going to have five first-degree arson charges. Wow. But let's let's just take one arson charge. If you are convicted of first-degree arson, 
um, the sentencing uh, in the statute is not less than five years in jail and up to life imprisonment. For second degree arson, not less than two years in jail and up to 20 years in jail. So if they have him on video setting all these fires, um, he's looking at the potential for a very lengthy criminal sentence because that would be five separate crimes uh, occurring at five separate locations. And if they're all first degree, he could get potentially, he wouldn't really get it, but he could get up to five life sentences. And those could run either consecutive, concurrently or consecutively. So if they really have the goods on him, he's committed a very foolish series of acts which will guarantee him a lengthy stay in jail. What about someone, and again, I'm just going to throw this out, but Devil's Advocate says, hey, listen, it was Halloween. I was just having fun and just pulling like a Halloween stunt. Well, that may be the uh, argument to say this was a crime of stupidity. I did a stupid thing. It was Halloween night. But um, the criminal justice system takes arson cases very seriously because... uh, Firefighters and other emergency personnel have to show up. They're exposed to fire and smoke and potentially toxic fumes. There's dangers inherent with um, arriving at any fire scene. You never know what it's going to be. So the danger to the surrounding properties, the danger to the firefighters, the cops, the emergency personnel... Um, the system doesn't take it light, lightly because when you set even a fire foolishly, you are exposing multiple men and women to risks which, you know, anytime you respond to a fire, you're taking your life in your hand if you're a firefighter or EMT or, yep. or police officer. So the system doesn't take it lightly. They don't say, well, we know this was just a prank on Halloween. No, no, no. That's not going to diminish the severity of what you could get hit with for a criminal penalty. Tim Dodd, before I let you go, I did receive, and again, folks, so speaking with our legal expert, it's Tim Dodd on the John DePietro Show right now, 124 on this Thursday. Tim, earlier, um, we discussed the Kyle Rittenhouse trial, and I did get an email from Lindsay that said, boy, in your discussion, it almost sounds like the people that were shot by Kyle Rittenhouse, it's almost as if, you know, they go on trial uh, because the judges we talked about said he, he they are to be referred to not as victims, but as looters or rioters. But Tim Dodd, in a situation where someone is claiming self-defense and they're trying to prosecute Kyle Rittenhouse based on the fact that he he shot these people, um it, it sounds as if that, that would come into play, where it may sound unpleasant, but that in a sense that they do go on trial. Because he's trying to argue that it was self-defense, and then he's being prosecuted under the guise that that he did not, you know, it wasn't in danger and didn't need to shoot them. Yes, and, and that's exactly the, the, the distinction. Let's look at the poor guy that got shot and killed at the laundromat. Right. He was being held up. Uh, the shooter demanded the man's jewelry. He said no. Boom, he gets shot. He dies. He's a victim. There's no question about it. Right. In the Rittenhouse case, there's a self-defense um, uh, 
proffer that's going to be made, Rittenhouse will be taking the stand. Remember, um, one of the gentlemen who was shot and killed, I and I might have them a little bit mixed up, one guy was coming after Rittenhouse and trying to hit him with a skateboard. Right. One guy had a pistol on his person. Yep. He didn't fire it, but he was armed with a loaded gun. Yep. And the third person who was shot was throwing something, either a bag of containing something. And Rittenhouse was being chased by not just these three individuals, but a mob of people. And he was running away from them. He was trying to get away. He slipped and fell. He's on the ground. This crowd is still coming at him. Um, yelling, and I believe people in the crowd chasing him said, get that guy, kill him, kill him. So did he reasonably fear for his life, and was his firing of his weapon at these three people justified? That's going to be the issue for the jury. But I think the judge was well within his purview to say, no, 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 we're not going to refer to these three individuals as victims, because there is a self-defense um, defense which is being asserted and that kind of changes the vocabulary that you have to use in front of the jury so that the jury is not um, improperly persuaded by hearing improper information you know tim i also think of um, that trump supporter if you remember um it was last year but he he was killed in portland but that that and granted it was a protest but it didn't seem in any way the person that shot him and killed him who then ended up he, he, the guy took his own life. He was being chased by police. But the Trump supporter that he shot and killed, he didn't seem like he posed a threat in any way to that to that individual. No, not at all. And that's the difference. I mean, Rittenhouse was being chased by a mob. Yeah. And I don't think Rittenhouse, maybe he'll testify, who knows, that he saw that one of these guys had a handgun. But that's the reality. And one guy was trying to hit him with a skateboard. And, you know, if you're being chased by a mob, allegedly, and you fall to the ground, so you're, the mob's going to catch up to you, presumably, and you don't know who has what weapons with them, um, is your response to shoot um, justified? Typically, if you have the ability to withdraw from a situation or flee from a situation, you should do so as opposed to stand there and fire. But if you have no other option and you feel that your life is in danger, um, that's the jury question. Was yeah. this guy, was his response reasonable under the circumstances? Did he have a reasonable fear that his life was in danger and that the only way to respond was to shoot? Had he not slipped and fallen and had he kept running, None of this probably would have ever happened, but he tripped or he slipped and he fell. And now he's a sitting duck, potentially, in his mind, for this mob that's coming at him saying, kill him. And Tim, just to finish on this, Kyle Rittenhouse, he does not have to take the stand. His attorneys may be able to defend him and never have to put him on the stand. Well, yes, the defendant never has to take the stand. Yep. And the judge will instruct the jury that they can't draw an adverse inference from the defendant not taking the stand. However, in this case, defense counsel has announced to the jury 
I believe, that the, that the jury will be hearing from Kyle Rittenhouse. Yep. I think he almost has to take the stand so that he can explain his state of mind, what he was feeling, yep. what he was hearing, yeah. what he was seeing, and why he reacted the way he did. Mm. Now, Tim Dodd, before I let you go, and we'll just keep you another minute, but I do want to touch on, folks, there's a, um, a disturbing, embarrassing story on a famous Rhode Island hockey player, Clark Donatelli. Um, he known in Rhode Island hockey circles, uh, played on Olympic medal teams. There's a, a story in the New York Post that he has gotten himself into some trouble with the Pittsburgh Penguins hockey team. And I want to just clarify, it, it doesn't... It doesn't sound. It doesn't sound that he's in any element of of legal trouble. There's some accusations of some of his actions that that actually w- were made. Some of the moves allegedly he was making here in Rhode Island. But Tim Dodd, it, it sounds like it's more of a problem for the Pittsburgh hockey team that apparently a second woman has come forward. But but that when when someone objected to the actions of Clark Donatelli, who was employed by the team, that the guy got let go because they were they wanted uh, this man to go quiet about some of the allegations that he and his wife were making about Rhode Island Olympian Clark Donatelli. Yes, and Clark Donatelli could still be charged criminally. Oh, if if believed, if if believed. Okay. That he um, uh, he's alleged to have put his hands up some woman's shirt. Yep. And um, in, in Providence, way, in Providence, right? Yeah. And in some way that was um, not welcome, uh, touched her breasts, and on a different occasion with the same woman, allegedly puts his hand up her skirt, right, and touches her genitalia. Yep. Both in or near the presence of this woman's husband. Now, I'm sure uh, in one of the situations I know Donatelli is saying, I was so drunk, I didn't know what I was doing. But that's not a good defense to say I committed a sexual assault because I was too drunk to know what I was doing. Yeah. Um, the Pittsburgh Penguins try to sweep this under the rug The husband of this woman didn't go to the cops, but basically complained to the organization so they would let Donatelli go, which they ultimately did. The woman didn't go to the cops complaining that she had been criminally violated. Um, But that could turn. I mean, there's, I believe, the the alleged conduct would still be within the statute of limitations if he were to be charged criminally with what went on here. There's a question of consent. There's a question of why would there have been a delay in going to the cops. It seems like the woman and her husband and the Pittsburgh Penguins simply wanted to keep this kind of hush-hush and let Donatelli separate from the team, and that would be that. Now, I think there is a second accuser, which is now bringing this all back to the forefront. And it's another example how, you know, in the sporting world, Things are happening out there, and organizations try to keep things out of the press, out of the media, keep it hush-hush. And then ultimately, as it often does, it blows up, and then everyone has egg on their face. Yeah. Folks, again, uh, we're going to continue to follow the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. Tim, that sounds, um, well, it sounds like he's got a solid legal team. He's got a very experienced judge. And um, 
Oh, you know, but before I let you go, actually, what 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 would have to enter into the equation for them for the jury to come back and charge Kyle Rittenhouse? Would it have to be that in 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 their estimation, his life was not in danger, so therefore, it was excessive force that he fired the the rifle and killed these people. Well, yeah, was it an unreasonable use of force okay. that he um, demonstrated in light of the threat that he was encountering? I'm sure the prosecution's hoping that when he's on the stand, he's going to say, well, no, I didn't know that one of these guys had a, pistol, a loaded pistol. I mean, if he knew that this guy chasing him had a loaded pistol, that would imply one thing. If he didn't know that this man was armed, that would imply something else. If he only knew that some guy was chasing him down, trying to hit him with a skateboard, um, would that justify turning around and shooting him with um, an automatic weapon? Or I think he had uh, an automatic weapon with him. So was it an imperfect self-defense in that the... Um, what was used to defend yourself outweighed the threat that he was facing, maybe getting hit with a, with, with a skateboard. Does that justify turning around and blasting the guy? That's going to be the ultimate jury question. And, and finally, the crowd yelling, kill him, kill him. I, I would think that that would play in that he had every reason to believe that, that they were going to do him harm. Yes, and there's a ton of video. Yes. Tons of video. Just like in the George Floyd case, there was lots of video. And in the Floyd case, the same videos were looked at by the prosecution and the defense, pointing out minute details and drawing completely opposite conclusions from the exact same video. So you can be sure the same thing is happening or will be happening with uh, the Rittenhouse case. All of the videos that are available will be parsed frame by frame, second by second. And I'm sure you'll see the prosecutors and the defense team using the same images, the same video, pointing out different things to convince the jury to draw absolutely opposite conclusions from each other. Mm. Folks, again, he is our uh, legal expert. We appreciate the extra time as attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, great job as always, and we'll talk to you again. Thanks, Sean. Take care. All right, folks, there it is, uh, attorney Tim Dodd right here on the John DePietro Show. Right now, it's 136. Uh, I did want to clarify on those stories. Again, you're listening uh, to the John DePietro Show. Folks, it's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Uh, as you know, you can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. This portion of the program is brought to you by Tavolo. Tavolo Wine Bar and Tuscan Grill. Authentic, innovative Italian cuisine. Big city food and ambience without the big city price tag. Providence location right on the hill. Smithfield location and also the Warwick location. Leonard and his crew stop in and see them today. They are serving lunch and dinner. They have indoor dining, outdoor dining. Uh, they still uh, do curbside service. Stop in. The, the place is fantastic and, uh, and it's delicious. If you enjoy authentic, innovative Italian cuisine the way I do, you're going to love Tavolo, T-A-V-O-L-O, 
three locations, Providence, Smithfield, and Warwick. And we are going to have a link on that on um, dipetro.com. And don't forget, on Wednesdays, 50% off a bottle of wine, Wine Wednesdays, which is uh, tremendous. But it's great. Lunch and dinner at uh, Tavolo. Folks, right now it's 137. And I, I want to, um, again, remind you that I can't stress enough how important is as much as they can deny uh, the more that the progressives try to fight with critical race theory let let the democrats and let them let them try to fight it uh i'll tell you right now who is really under fire and that is dr fauci uh i want to play this was Rand paul got another chance at him i think this is really going to start to hurt the Biden administration. But I want to hear Senator Rand Paul going at it with Dr. Fauci. Policy. And coincidentally, I, I have no definition appeared on the same day the NIH said that, yes, there was a gain of function in Wuhan, the same day the definition appeared, the new definition, to try to define away what's going on in Wuhan. Until you accept it, until you expect accept responsibility, we're not going to get anywhere close to trying to prevent another lab leak of this dangerous sort of experiment. You know, Fauci's really under fire, folks. Fauci is um, the the Biden administration for them to keep him. uh, They're doing it at their own peril. I want to hear a little bit more of Rand Paul. They're calling this round seven again of changing the definition on the website. Here is let's hear. This is Senator Rand Paul going after Dr. Fauci. The facts are clear. The NIH did fund gain-of-function research in Wuhan despite your protestations. You can deny it all you want, but even the Chinese authors of the paper, in their paper, admit that viruses not found in nature were created, and yes, they gained in infectivity. Your persistent denials, though, are not simply a stain on your reputation, but are a clear and present danger to the country and to the world. As Professor Kevin Esfeld of MIT has written, gain-of-function research looks like a gamble that civilization can't afford to risk. And yet here we are again with you steadfast in your denials. Why does it matter? Because gain-of-function research with laboratory-created viruses not found in nature could cause a pandemic even worse the next time. We're suffering today from one that has a mortality of approximately 1%. They're experimenting with viruses that have mortalities of between 15 and 50 percent. Yes, our civilization could be at risk from one of these viruses. Experiments that combine unknown viruses with known pandemic-causing viruses are incredibly risky. Experiments that combine unknown viruses with coronaviruses that have as much as 50 percent mortality could endanger civilization as we know it. And here you sit unwilling to accept any responsibility for the current pandemic and unwilling to take any steps to prevent gain-of-function research from possibly unleashing an even more deadly virus. Right. You mislead the public by saying that the published viruses could not be COVID. Well, exactly no one is alleging that. No one is alleging that the published viruses by the Chinese are COVID. What we are saying is that this was risky type of research, gain-of-function research, it was risky to share this with the, Ch- with the Chinese and that COVID may have been created from a not-yet-revealed virus. We don't anticipate the Chinese are going to reveal the virus if it came from their lab. You know that, but you continue to mislead. 
You continue to support NIH money going to Wuhan. You continue to say you trust the Chinese scientist. You appear to have learned nothing from this pandemic. Will you today finally take some responsibility for funding gain-of-function research in Wuhan? Senator, with all due respect, I disagree with so many of the things that you've said. Gain, first of all, gain-of-function is a very nebulous term. Ah. We have spent, not us, but outside bodies, a considerable amount of effort to give a more precise definition to the type of research that is of concern that might lead to a dangerous situation. You are aware of that. That is called P3CO. We're aware that you deleted gain of function from the NIH well, website. Well, I can get back to that in a moment if we have time. But let's get back to the operating Folks, framework. again, Senator Rand Paul going after Dr. Fauci. Well, good afternoon. Right now, it's Thursday. It is November 4th. It's 1.42, and you're listening to The John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. I want to go to Wall Street Journal. Voters cancel the war on police. From Seattle to Long Island, Americans voted against public disorder. Keep in mind, Lieutenant Governor Sabina Matos, Rhode Island Lieutenant Governor Sabina Matos, voiced support for defunding the police. She did that. She did that. She shouldn't be let off the hook on that. She did that. Wall Street Journal. With crime surging in many cities, voters rejected the anti-police left this week. Minneapolis was the birthplace of the defund the police movement. But Tuesday, 56% of voters rejected a proposal to abolish the police department. The ballot measure would have replaced Minneapolis Police Department with a vaguely defined Department of Public Safety eliminated from the city charter. Violent crime is up nearly 30% in Minneapolis compared to the first 10 months of 2019. The police force has lost about a third of its officers in response times for 911 calls now average about 15 minutes. Minneapolis voters were mugged by reality. Same in Seattle of all places. City was still telling ballots. But they're saying that the Bruce Harrell was trouncing a progressive 65-35 in the race for mayor. Harrell promised to rebuild the police department. And instead, the opponent wanted to slash it. 300 officers have resigned or retired in the past two years. Folks, terrible in this type of thing. People wonder, why is Providence so dangerous? It's because of the mayor. I also like the big racist fail in Virginia. Voters called white supremacists elected a black lieutenant governor. New Jersey, the New Jersey kitchen table revolt. DOP barely missed a huge upset in a race fought over taxes. And it is ridiculous. Folks, we can't allow progressives to continue to destroy the state. Destroy our country. Destroy Massachusetts, Rhode Island. Carl Rove wrote a piece. Yunkin clears a path for victory in 2022. He focused on what he'd do for voters and kept a distance from Trump. Folks, that part can't be ignored. 
And I don't mean that as a negative, by the way, towards President Trump. Listen, if President Trump can help someone win an election, great, terrific. But he's not going to help everywhere. And if he can't help, then you keep him out of it. You don't just automatically bring him in. They were counting on, in Virginia, Terry McAuliffe and the Democrats were counting that President Trump would be brought in, and he never was. And what happened? They didn't need to. They wanted the base motivated, which they were, and President Trump has motivated the base. But instead, they were able to be successful without it. Again, check out the website, thepetro.com, brought to you by Allstate Lock. Security cameras, locks, locking systems, building security, Allstate Lock, 401-349-0042. All right, I want to go back to, because this is fast moving, what's going on in Washington. And as I have been telling you, I think the the Biden administration is basically hanging on by a thread right now. I want to go to um, James Carville, who I've met and interviewed, Democrat strategist. And what does he do? He was on uh, PBS NewsHour, and he blasts what he calls the idiot of wokeness. Let's hear this. Results, uh, your party, uh, what went wrong? Don't just look at Virginia and New Jersey. Look at Long Island. Look at Buffalo. Look at Minneapolis. Even look at Seattle, Washington. I mean, just defund the police. Lunacy to take Abraham Lincoln's name off of schools. I mean, that people see that. And it, 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 it's, it's just really a, have a suppressive effect all across the country. The Democrats, some of these people that need to go to a woke detox center or something. I mean, they're, they're expressing a language that people just don't use. And there's a. You know, he is really smart, Carvel. He is really, really smart. And it's going on everywhere. Let's hear a little bit more of James Carville. People don't like him. And Hold on. Both, Here we go. We, we, we got to stop. We got to get. We got to get off of this. These people have got to understand they're not popular around the country. People don't like them, and they're voting because that's the only way they can express themselves and how much they disagree with this. And, and again, I, I go back and. It's not just Virginia and New Jersey. It's literally everywhere up to and including Seattle. And there's a real lesson here, and it can be corrected. But they got these people have to understand, no one, you're not popular. People aren't riding a car with you. They're not riding next to you in the subway. You're, you're annoying people, and they got to understand that. How about that? You're annoying people. That is James Carville. Brilliant. Wow. And, and this is the ultimate buyer beware. You know, whether you're Governor McKee, who has, for whatever reason, teamed himself up with this progressive Sabina Matos, who wants to defund the police, who believes that if you, the lieutenant governor of Rhode Island, if you walk across the Rio Grande, you're a new American, she calls it. And what does she like to say? Uh, And they are more than welcome to come to Rhode Island's ready to house them. Rhode Island's ready to house them. Um, I want to go back to folks. And again, good afternoon. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. 
Rand Paul grilling Dr. Fauci and basically tells him it's time to resign. You know, I think the question is, when are the Biden people going to cut loose Fauci? Let's listen to this. Policy. And coincidentally, I, I have coincidentally the appeared on the same day the NIH said that, yes, there was a gain of function in Wuhan, the same day the definition appeared, the new definition, to try to define away what's going on in Wuhan. Until you accept it, until you expect, accept responsibility, we're not going to get anywhere right. close to trying to prevent another lab leak of this dangerous sort of experiment. You won't no. admit that it's dangerous, and for that lack of judgment, I think it's time that you resign. I think a lot of people are going to agree with it. And you know what? I think that what's really going to what's really going to hurt Fauci is I just wonder how much the, the Biden people, they can't afford to have him anymore. They cannot afford to have him. I also want to play, Fox News is, is taking some heat, but Fox News anchor Harris Faulkner, who then says on the broadcast, let's go Brandon. I want to hear a little bit of this. Here with let's go Brandon. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, <laughs> hitting in on the cultural phenomenon yeah. of this. When you look at the Biden, the Brandon administration. Well, they actually had it like in a round. One side of the room did this, the other side of the room did that. Uh, a piece in the New York Post summing it up this way. The catchphrase of the year. That amounts to a dual warhead cruise missile raining down equal contempt on both our blundering president and the media who shamelessly cover for him. That's a quote. And Ronna McDaniel, you say what? Well, I was waiting for the wave, but this is a symbol of everybody's frustration with Joe Biden. And this wouldn't be a, a mantra or a joke if it wouldn't be so bad what they're doing to our country right now. It's not funny, but let's go Brandon really resonates right now because Joe Biden's a huge failure and the American people recognize it. RNC Chairwoman Ronna McDaniel. Getting in a last few words before we close out the Faulkner Focus today. So good to see you. Thank you for being in focus. Folks, again, that is um, Ronna McDaniel, who we've had on the program. Well, folks, um, good afternoon. It's John DePietro. Boy, James Carville, though, he doesn't meet it. He just doesn't miss a trick. He just doesn't. Um, who basically has come right out. His comments about progressives and wokeness, you're not popular. You're not popular, and no, I like that. No one wants to sit next to you. Now, a juror has been dismissed from the Kyle Rittenhouse trial because he made a joke about the police shooting of Jacob Blake. I want to hear the judge here. Yes, I'm going to summarize what I remember, what I was told. Uh, that the, uh, he, he was telling a joke. And he told the juror, or the juror, he told the officer, you know, he made a reference to telling a joke. Well, listen, I'll just, basically, the, the, the juror told a joke about the shooting of 
Jacob Blake, and, and that's going to be the, the end of that. But, folks, well, good afternoon at 153. You're listening to The John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Lawsuit filed against Michigan. Over 25,000 suspected dead registered voters are still on the rolls. Wow. Uh, let me hear Nancy Pelosi. Tuesday night was not a good night for Democrats. Just, Here we go. But it was not a good night. So let's just not let that go away from that. But it was not a good night. So let's just not let that go away from that. It was not a good night. No, it was actually a great night is what it was. Um, and we need to um, we need to bring that momentum to the Northeast without question. Bring the momentum to the Northeast. I want to, um, you know, all the people that are questioning critical race theory or trying to say that it doesn't exist, they're just not paying attention. You know, I've written about it in the spring. I want to give credit to Republican Representative Patricia Morgan, who she was the first person that locally that I was aware of that started talking about critical race theory. I mean, I've heard about it from some different teachers and parents, but the Republican Party would be wise to follow the lead and advice of Representative Patricia Morgan. They would. She understands that the way to battle, the way to battle and win is to go after the culture issues, the culture issues. Now, you know, one thing about um, James Carville is, you know, he deals in reality. He deals in reality and his reaction, the stupid wokeness of Democrats, that that's completely the opposite of what AOC is saying, which is, well, Terry McAuliffe in Virginia wasn't progressive enough. Let me hear Carvel again. Here we go. Here we go. Looking at these results, your party, uh, what went wrong? What went wrong is just stupid wokeness. All right, don't just look at Virginia and New Jersey. Look at Long Island. Look at Buffalo. Look at Minneapolis. Even look at Seattle, Washington. I mean, just defund the police. Lunacy to take Abraham Lincoln's name off of schools. I mean, that people see that. And it, 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 it's, it's, it's just really a, have a suppressive effect all across the country. The Democrats, some of these people that need to go to a woke detox center or something. I mean, that they're, they're expressing a language that people just don't use. And there's a backlash and a frustration at that. You know, he again, he is exactly right. I also want to play. He talks about, listen, no one wants to listen to you. People have got to un- Hold on. We, we got to stop. We got to get. Got to get off of this. These people have got to understand they're not popular around the country. People don't like them. And they're voting because that's the only way that they can express themselves and how much they disagree with this. And, and again, I, I go back and it's not just Virginia and New Jersey. It's literally everywhere up to and including Seattle. And there's a real lesson here. and It, it can be corrected. But they got these people have to understand. No one, you're not popular. People don't ride in the car with you. They don't ride next to you in the subway. You're you're, you're annoying people, and they got to understand that. 
He is something else. He's also exactly right, by the way. Exactly right. And it's about time. You know, I've never understood. I have, my brother Tommy lives in New Jersey. The taxes are just brutal. Taxes are absolutely brutal. How about the Republican defeated New Jersey Senate President, Steve Sweeney, one of the most powerful Democrats in New Jersey. He spent $153, commercial truck driver. Now, this would be like defeating Dominic Ruggiero, Senate President Dominic Ruggiero. Listen to this. uh, Some breaking news just into Eyewitness News. A truck driver with no prior political experience has defeated one of the most powerful Democrats in New Jersey. He is Republican Edward Durr, and he has won the District 3 Senate seat over incumbent Steve Sweeney, the state Senate president. Now, that district includes parts of Gloucester and Cumberland counties, as well as all of Salem County. Durr is a commercial truck driver, and he spent just $153 on his entire campaign. Sweeney has led the state Senate since 2010. Think of that. 11 years knocked out of office. It is possible. It's absolutely possible. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro show. Oh, wait a minute. What was the one that I wanted to look at? Uh, This portion of our show is brought to you by Surplus Provisions. Visit the website, petro.com. Surplus Provisions, tactical gear, military gear. Whenever you see me going out, covering some of the different places that we go or some of the protests, first, I stop it and see Tanya at Surplus Provisions. Pontiac Avenue, Cranston, look for them on Facebook. They're one mile from Garden City. Folks, it's 159. You're listening to the John DePetro Show. Now, coming up, We're going to hear the 2 o'clock news, and then it'll be the John Dion program. Again, I will be doing, uh, planning on doing Facebook Live later on. Check that out on the website and or the Facebook page, which is John DePietro Show. Again, uh, special Get Well Soon goes out to Jeff Gamache. In the meantime, I want to thank the great JR. Folks, it's cold out, but it's sunny out. Enjoy this Thursday. There's reasons to be optimistic. Um... But and a lot of uh, events coming up. So visit the website, petro.com. WNRI, Winsocket.